Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today we are doing one of our special standalone recap episodes. Normally we combine them into a bunch, but I had such a good feeling about this movie and I was, I was just pretty sure that I was going to really enjoy it. So I thought let's do a standalone recap of Lights, Camera, Christmas. And it's been really fun because it turns out we ended up having John Brotherton on the podcast and then we had the writer Gary Goldstein on. So we've been talking about it a lot and uh, luckily I did enjoy it. So it was a good bet on my, on my part, but of course I wanted to have my friend Marissa Serafini on with me to talk about this movie. You live in LA, you know, this whole scene that this movie is satirizing and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Yeah. Hello, Rachel. Once again, yes, I'm I'm glad that you asked me to do this one because I love the whole meta-ness of a movie about a movie and I it's totally up my alley. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We'll get into it. Yeah. And it's Christmas time again. Here we are. Yeah. Well, how have you been doing? We I'm trying to remember when we last had you on. It was I think sometime this when was the last time that we had? It was sometime <laughs> this summer. Right. It's hard to remember <laughs> because we actually saw oh. each other for in person over yes, the summer a couple times no it was yeah. for father of the bride that's when we had you on that's right we we've yeah. done so many movies now <laughs> which <laughs> the new really one yeah, the new father of the bride which i think we both for the most part enjoyed yeah yeah i'd say it's underrated for the year i i i really had a good time with it but uh but yeah we put a link down if uh if uh if any of you missed that uh episode and uh, we had a lot of fun talking about the the latest father of the bride but how have you been doing you having a good fall uh yes um it's it's been crazy whirlwind of a few months because i just moved and uh <laughs> so it's been like a big life transition as you know one does when they're moving so uh, a lot of things have happened since i last actually saw you in person but it's it's a good fall it it finally got down to what i would quote fall season here in la because now <laughs> or people joke sweater weather um it, it's in the 40s now in the morning yeah. so it's it's pretty cool but yeah. it's it's definitely feeling like fall yeah you get a couple weeks of it there and <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and that's it, it it's the, just a tease here in LA <laughs> yeah uh well I, I yeah I feel like you're the perfect person to talk about this movie with because the not only do you go to film school but you are in production all mm-hmm. all the time every day in your life <laughs> yes uh, and projects mostly television right uh yes uh mostly television i've done a few short films here and there but it's all relative yeah so i just you... did a live production on friday so yes <laughs> yeah. so you get like certain things like the whole scene with the craft services and just some of these these scenes that they had in this movie Oh, do I ever. People don't (laughs) understand how great crafty is, how terrible it is for your diet, but how great it is to keep you alive during production. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, one of my favorite interviews we ever did was a, uh, with an actress named Donna Benedicto. And she, she talked all about for probably 25 minutes about craft services. And we just died laughing. It was really funny. Yep, yep. I still to this day, and I and I've worked on a, a lot of uh, credibility, you know, credible shows. Uh-huh. American Idol still has the best crafty. Oh, I was <laughs> yes. gonna ask which was the best. Yeah, American Idol, because <laughs> I not to sound like a complete LA person, um, and sound so Hollywood right now because it did also work on So You Think You Can Dance. Uh-huh. But the crafty is is more like health based kind of snacks for the dancers, so it, it's oh, not like. Yeah. The crap, sugary, 
um snacks that you you just want to like binge on Reese's you know it's it's more like keto and uh, you know carrot chips and stuff like that and you (laughs) you don't want that so no American Idol went full out it was great you have a whole new respect for Hollywood actresses and actors and their incredible bodies when you see what's tempting them all the time oh I know (laughs) I know. And and I had to at once at, I was at a point where I had to put actual food in people's trailers. So I know what they ate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we should just say so we should read the summary for this. So Lights, Camera, Christmas. This was on the 5th. There's Kimberly Sested and John Brotherton, director David Weaver, uh, written by Gary Goldstein. And I mean, it's just kind of that's kind of wild for me because we have literally interviewed every single one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, them. I love Kimberly. Yeah, I love Kimberly. So I had yeah, high hopes yeah. for her in this one. Yes, me too. As is when a holiday rom-com movie shooting in her hometown needs a costume designer, Carrie, a local shop owner, steps into the role. While working on the movie, she rediscovers her passion for costume design and finds herself falling for Brad, the film's famous leading man. So <laughs> How did you feel like they pulled off this sort of movie in movie within a movie, but also sort of a little bit satire uh, of the movie industry, of Hallmark movies, of Christmas movies, all that thing? Do you think they they got that balance right? I think they did because I liked the format of this particular one because I've I think I've said it before, but maybe on other shows I don't know. I've done. Uh, I've talked about this a lot just in uh-huh. my personal life is that I love the nonlinear story structure. So when you go back and forth and yeah. when there's like two different storylines going at the same time, but eventually it all lines up uh, within the um, storytelling aspect. Uh, I liked it. And they were jumping back and forth and, you know, with the whole press conference yeah. on the stage and then actually kind of like a flashback, the whole production itself is a major flashback which i actually enjoyed and i wasn't expecting that yeah because um i was kind of expecting just the the filming on the production and then leading to the end like it completely linear and that was a nice surprise and i think it it did well because it brought us out of the moments and it brought us back into the moment so there there was that balance of what was happening we know how it kind of ended but we had to see how it ended so i like that yeah, the structure was really smart. It definitely added to the feeling of sort of meta-ness of it all. And I, mm-hmm. if, you, if you've attended a, a premiere or film festival, you know what it's like to be a part of those panels. And they, I felt like they captured it pretty well. And it, and it, and it was a nice way to sort of give out exposition uh, seamlessly through the setup that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's smart because... From when I think that's their self awareness that they really catered to us. Like, yes, we know exactly how it's going, and it still felt. Yeah, I still felt the you know beginning, middle, and end type of you know acts within the film. Uh, yeah, that it really worked. I liked mm-hmm. it. I think so too. I mean, they had a lot to cover in a short period of time with the you know with this movie, but I I think for the most part they got that balance right. I, I mean, they could have leaned into the comedy even more, I think, like uh, the, for instance, they could have had all, they could have had the movie shooting in summer, which is what, uh, yeah. which is what these movies do. And it would have been really funny to have had like 
all of the cameramen and everybody like in shorts and t-shirts and then you've got the the especially with those like big parkas and that scene that was very funny i think it would have even added to it even more if they were like roasting and hot <laughs> right <laughs> and the actors pretending like they're actually yeah. cold because we we've seen a lot of that but i did love again with the self-awareness that when we got the what you would say the typical snowball fight mm-hmm. and it ended up not being real snow i loved how yeah, they pointed that, that out they're like oh that could have been such a great moment but it got ruined <laughs> because of the realness of what snow actually is when yeah. it comes to filmmaking i yeah. love that i that was, love that that was really that was a good scene and uh, i i think that in some ways they it was more hallmark kind of satirizing and commenting on old hallmark more than current hallmark uh, because i mean they just don't make santa movies anymore i mean there hasn't been a movie with a like leading role santa in so long right. I mean, you we might have like a little wink i they 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 had this sequel to christmas under wraps which of course has a santa in it but it's all sort of a little bit s- sort of subtle um mm-hmm. but i mean i i can't think of it has been i mean since the north pole movies that they've had like santa as a character in one of their movies right. so i really and i think Oh, sorry. No, I was just, I just really feel like it was almost more Hallmark looking back at themselves more than them kind of more than anything else. Right. And like, I'm glad you brought that up because now that I think about it, I can't really think of Santa being the, you know, pivotal role in in that sense either because Hallmark movies are more about the relationships. And if we do see Santa, we see him in a very secondary way where he's like, he kind of injects himself in, he helps the couple or he he adds his like two cents to the storyline, but it's not really about him. Mm-hmm. I think the last one I can more think off with the top of my head is now it's like uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's certainly a feature for if you're talking about features, but there's ones like right. uh, Matchmaker Santa. I mean, these are all sort of like the old school, like 2014 to 2016 Hallmark. Uh, you have that one uh, with Alicia Witt where she's like the female Santa at the stores mm. pretending right. there's that one. Uh, and also the one where this with her where the the uh, Santa um, makes her she can't lie. Um, oh, right. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So, that, I mean, but again, you're going back to that sort of 2014, 2016. So I, I, I thought Annie? that was interesting. Or- am i thinking there the annie santa one okay annie claus annie claus yeah mm-hmm. and i think that and was i think around like yeah. 2013 to 14 something like that yeah and i think that yeah. that storyline if i remember correctly had a lot to do about santa oh yeah yeah know, she's santa's daughter yeah yeah so anyway i i, I laughed at the i I laughed at all of the Christmas movie names. I mean, I loved Laura Soltis in this movie playing uh, Kimberly Sesto's mom. I always love mm-hmm. her. She's so good. And in this one, her being this like fangirl was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, or, or, you haven't seen the Christmas clock? Hello, Christmas. Chattanooga Christmas. There's no Christmas like snow Christmas. <laughs> like snow Christmas. I'm like, oh, yeah. Again, with the, you know, funny. them making fun of themselves because I was like, oh, yeah, the, the Hallmark creators, they have they've done so many movies now. How yeah. do they come up with original Christmas titles? <laughs> well, a lot of times the titles don't have anything to do with the movie. Like like in that one where it's uh, you think that one where she she can't lie anymore. Uh, 
is you think it would be called like the Christmas liar or whatever, but it's called, I'm not ready for Christmas, which makes no sense. Like it has nothing <laughs> right. to do with the movie except for she had that song uh, that went with it. <laughs> so that's often the case where you're just like, why are, why is this called this? It doesn't, but, and a lot of times the, the in progress names will be way better than the name that ends up uh, if you're following the project along. Yeah. They're like, oh, you totally made it bland. It was a way better title before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From the hosts of the podcast Home for Hallmark, Molly and Brad now bring readers their debut novel, If Only Christmas Would Come. An instant Amazon bestseller, If Only Christmas Would Come, transferred readers back to Prince Edward Island during the era of Anne of Green Gables and features a strong-headed, cranberry-farming, jeans-wearing heroine and a playboy with a family secret. Reviewers agree this book is a fluffy, steamy, predictable Hallmark movie masterpiece, If Only Christmas Would Come, is available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble now. Visit at Home for Hallmark for more info. That's at Home for Hallmark, and you can use our affiliate link in the description below. But I talked to Gary Goldstein, the writer, and he said that it was a challenge to find for this list of fake movies to find titles that had not actually been used, which mm. which totally makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I think Lights, Camera, Christmas definitely works for the the film making aspect of a Christmas movie. So yeah, I like yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that's a very, very good title. Very, good very title. apropos. Yeah, I also liked the fact that so they start her out with this blue dress, and she looked beautiful for Kimberly for for Carrie the character. And a lot of times when they're playing like designers, you're just like the fashion doesn't quite isn't quite good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it looks a little on the cheap, but I thought she looked stunning in that dress and i thought it looked it looked to me it looked hollywoodish <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i did like her fashion and i loved yeah. how um she reflected what her fashion is because mm-hmm. a lot of times i've seen out here is that you you have someone who who makes like this high-end luxury fashion and then you see the actual designer and they look nothing like their pieces Mm-hmm. and like they don't decide to dress themselves up in, in what they put out to the world so I, I liked that her outfit actually really reflected her character throughout the movie and yeah. it was pretty consistent throughout for matching her personality I agree and I think the casting was very strong I already mentioned Lars Soltis but John Brotherton was absolutely hilarious in this movie I thought that he nailed it like just the perfect tone when he needed to be a little bit more serious he he was very sincere and sweet but like when he was just sort of this this uh arrogant uh <laughs> movie star he was so funny i i thought it was just perfect in this role right i thought um he did a great job of being pretty full of himself yeah, and i'm yeah, like yeah. oh no he's gonna be one of these guys <laughs> And I had to like roll my eyes a bit, but I was like, all right, the, the higher you are, the like the, the bigger you're going to fall or uh, at least he, he had a more room to grow and he had that. And I was like, okay, I, I have to watch him because personally, I like I was kind of turned off by him at first, but then I was like, I know he's going to eventually grow on me. We got to watch yeah. him. And then I liked how he he started becoming more real throughout. It's like once he got put in his place a couple times here and yeah. there, he's like, okay, he he's actually someone that you can get along with. 
Yeah. I mean, I, he was rude and conceited, of course, but he did it in kind of a funny way, in my opinion. I was laughing at just how over the top he was. And especially when he gets on that, the, the, the new Santa suit and he comes out of oh, his trailer right. and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, and I loved how they put him in this big inflatable kind of <laughs> suit, which that was kind so of humbled him a bit, but he really, it seemed like he thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we know this is ridiculous. Let's just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And then I love with the, the switching of the outfit to that suave debonair kind of suit. I was like, hello. Yeah. All right. I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. it. All yes. right. I'm on. I'm on board. Yeah. And I think Kimberly Susted, I think that she is so good at the at the moments where she needs to be really sincere when like she's trying to hold back the tears and she and she plays that whether it's Nine Lives of Christmas or this or any of her other roles, she plays that I think so well. And she can also do the comedy, but I I think it's especially that like emotional sincerity that makes her such a compelling uh actress on on screen i completely agree i loved the scene where she's going through her portfolio from school Mm because being an art student i had to have my own portfolio so i know the pain of of making that and then going through your work and not just being that creative like i completely understood that that feeling that like your work is never good enough or it's not good enough when you compare it to other people and then you that in itself creates that self-doubt and that you're not good enough for your art and all the work that you do even though it's your passion and it and hinders your you in your life and your decisions of like maybe I could have done this had I had more confidence and I completely understood that and I Mm -hmm. felt that just as an art person myself I was like oh yes all right this movie I got you Kimberly Sussad amazing all the feels I like I completely understood her character and that's why I respected just the the character of Carrie so much throughout this because I, I yeah. know what that feels like yeah because she had real failures where she had let herself down and uh, so she was a very vulnerable character she'd given up right it was so realistic mm-hmm. so yeah. realistic and just as, as a creative person I'm like oh that that feeling never goes away you, mm-hmm. you get through your art blocks and you get through your um you know, those barriers, but eventually it does eventually, you know, creep back here and there. And as the creative, you have to just keep pushing through those art blocks and, and that negativity and self-doubt, but like that feeling never goes away. And she portrayed that so well. Mm -hmm. I also loved the whole running joke of Jill and Caleb uh, being exes and their interpreter, (laughs) Jamie, that was so funny. Oh my God. I love that so much too. And cause that is sometimes realistic. You you have to, and it's so crazy that, uh, they, they portray that so well. It's like, yeah. uh, can you tell this person that <laughs> I don't like this? I'm like, Oh my God, they're right there. Um, I think that was great, but that was another side story that I wasn't expecting and I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. And I thought the girl who played, uh, Jamie, was really funny she she like i, I feel like every a uh, beleaguered assistant in hollywood mm-hmm. will be like yeah i get that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you'd be amazed 
what production will pay for for someone just to do like the small little work like that yeah and it's so unappreciated and it's a thankless job but someone has to do it (laughs) yeah and I I I don't know I thought there were a lot of funny lines like when he's when the first the first time that he goes over to her house and he's he's like don't worry mothers love me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, and I, I think the key scene for them kind of turning the corner as far as him like humanizing him was him playing the piano and them singing carols yeah you know I, that, I, uh, yeah and there was a moment where you're like okay he's not an actor anymore he's just yeah himself. yeah and and that's where like she kind of sees because sometimes you when you finally see people out of their their workplace out of their element and you just see them being themselves you're like okay it's a completely different light and you see a whole different side of them and I think that's what she was starting to see and enjoy yeah I mean and obviously this you have to take anything like this with a huge grain of salt like obviously they would make a contract with her uh if they they wouldn't just go back and forth as far as her the clothes they purchase and things like that that would all be in you know contracts and stuff and uh and you know some of the other stuff again you have to take it with a grain of salt but it's meant to be kind of a farce so it's it's supposed to be fun right and i absolutely understand that too because especially with production and just budget because producers are all about the budget are we coming in on budget are we over budget xyz especially that the whole idea they had to buy out the entire store is like that's not realistic but Mm -hmm. i understand they're in a desperate spot they needed clothes immediately so they just bought everything what's their whole return policy that made me laugh i'm like oh yeah (laughs) um again with that would be all written out and they would have a specific budget of how much they can spend and what they can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I understand the the whole immediacy is like, we need a designer now. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny when they're like, the customer took a gig on new Matt Damon movie, three months in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. That happens too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I was a little bit lost on the timeline though. I was, cause they have this, this, a town meeting uh, for the lighting the Christmas tree, but they were like, that's early. So was this, was this all happening in like, I think it was happening in like November, I guess. I mean, yeah, it had to have been soon because it was still, it was still sunny out, but it it seemed like it was fall ish time, but um, also working currently working in government. (laughs) We just had a bunch of console meetings to sound completely Hollywood meta, uh, we legit had council meetings about shutting down specific roads so that we can film the Beverly Hills Cop new movie for oh. Netflix. And that was just a month ago, and it's November now, you know? So, like, it usually these type of um, meetings that cover all of that is usually right before it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it was soon. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. 
So not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Their banter, I think, between the two of them was really fun. I mean, like uh, when she says, you're Brad Baxter, why do you care what I think? And he's like, because you seem cool and I want you to like me. (laughs) (laughs) Which was was nice because a lot of times, I mean, not to sound terrible, but like some there are some actors that are genuine like that. But there are some actors like, no, you're here to do a job. I don't care about your opinion. You're just here to do what I want. Um, but for him to take that moment to actually like respect what she had to say, um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he he actually can be a person you could collaborate yeah. with creatively. Well, it, it does. It helps you endear you to the to the, to him. Plus, it just starts those sort of enemies to lover sparks, right? I think, and uh, and then this is when we. Uh, we we get a the tr- the red santa suit it's like a suit coat suit not a traditional santa suit because evidently the network which is called dazzle on this <laughs> <laughs> on this one that uh, she makes him the uh this this long uh it's like a, almost like a tuxedo but mm-hmm. but red uh what do you think of that Did you very like that? modern hip and chic oh i loved it i <laughs> yeah. like I have never, how did I never ever think about like a modernized Santa suit? You know, because when you think of Santa, we think a very specific look and what the coat and jacket looks like and whatnot. And then to see a completely new version, you're like, all right, we, we're definitely in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I like it in a good way, in yeah. a good way. It was fun. It was it. I, I, I don't really love long suit coats unless it's like a period piece. If it's supposed to be in, you know, the 1860s or something like that. I, I don't love long suit coats, but it still, it looked, I think that did help it feel more this combination of old and new having to be a long suit coat. But, but yeah. I liked the, his leading lady in the movie, in the fake movie. Um, Her name is Mariah and I and she was a good character I thought I liked her I yeah. I was I, you know I had to look it up Veronica Long I was like give her a Hallmark movie yeah her yeah. leading lady I would totally watch it I liked her yeah. her personality um I like that friendship that they had with you know co-stars to co-stars and, and not once yeah and she, yeah she's a beautiful woman and not once did I ever thought she was going to be a problem as this yes. that triangular aspect like I never felt threatened by her in that way like I liked her around yeah she and was good. I was just yeah at the end I was like give her a movie I want to yeah. see her in a Hallmark in another leading Hallmark movie yeah she was good I liked when she is like I see the way you look at her like that was mm-hmm. fun it was fun <laughs> yeah I, egg him on a bit 
<laughs> would you want to watch my favorite Santa? If it was yes. <laughs> yes, because when we saw those scenes when they were filming, like the director, I, I I wanted to yell at the director. I was like, no, let the moment breathe a little bit before you yell cut. I was like, that was too soon. Yeah, um, yeah just as the, the curiosity, you kind of want to see the end product of what mm -hmm. all this was for. So it, if they had that side movie absolutely well especially if there's a my favorite santa uh number two. two i mean that even makes it more appealing and, and like i said they don't do santa movies on hallmark hardly ever and when for in the my cozy christmas inn which was uh, a kind of spiritual sequel to christmas under wraps mm -hmm. uh with that one they had santa and the reindeer and the moon and everything ho ho merry christmas yeah. you know, that whole thing they had that at the end and I, I'm not kidding. Like I felt a little, a, a little misty eyed when I saw that, like, it was like, Oh, so fun. Cause we just don't get it anymore. And so if they did a full on out, my favorite Santa, I would die. I would be so happy. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be right there with you. I was like, I want to see it because it looked like an actually generally good, cute Christmas movie that I would want to see. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> And, uh, then we also have, yeah, they're talking about this all felt very old school hallmark in the, in the scene that they're shooting, uh, where she says, when you have the right person on your, on your side, anything is possible. And then you get this whole thing with Jill saying she wrote it when they were on the good side of their marriage and the words were based on us. And so Jill and Caleb like have this moment and cause basically they did, they were like this power couple. Mm -hmm. in uh in christmas movies and it's like tippy and neil Dabrowski or somebody like that like these yep. this, this power couple and and then so they made like 20 movies together and then things got rough and rough and rough in their marriage they ended up getting divorced but they still had this old script for my favorite santa so they ended up getting put on it together again and, uh, and so that was kind of there you could almost have a whole movie just about them I know. I was mm. like that. You see, that was a whole nother story that I wasn't expecting, but I thoroughly enjoyed because yeah. that's also realistic too, because so many times scripts get shelled or scrapped or get rewritten, but the, yeah. the bones and the original emotions are still there or the meanings behind it. Mm -hmm. So to have this original story come back to them, I love that. I was like, yes. that's very realistic to Hollywood. I also felt like there were parts of this movie where I, I kind of wondered if Hallmark was trolling people a little bit, particularly the like gratuitous glamour shots of the Balsam Hill. Oh, <laughs> I like, yeah. I was like, oh, it was so placement. over the top that I was like, I think like mildly trolling their own sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, funny. I saw that. I was like, yep, yeah, product placement, product placement. <laughs> like it was so... It was very over the top, I thought. And yeah, and there was that. And then his signature move of breaking the fourth wall and winking at the camera. Mm -hmm. And then we got that at the very end. I was like, okay, again, making fun of themselves. Like it, see it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I also thought they did a great job of kind of paying homage to classic Hollywood. You know, you've got this whole thing where he imitates Jimmy Stewart, which was hilarious. Mm. And, and it's one full up and everything and they talk about making a remake of it and there's like 
No. You're like, no, don't. Or leave it be. It's classic <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. And I, yeah, I did like that because, you know, they have to point out that movie because everyone does. But mm-hmm. when he, he's quoting it, it is the, the most overused, overquoted line from that mm-hmm. movie. It's like there are other good lines in that movie if you actually watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she ends up applying to this design. It's like a fellowship or internship or something like that. And um, um, assistant New York. director position, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And uh, for design. And she applies and uh, she kind of does it on a whim. She doesn't think she's going to get it. Uh, but how did you like that whole plot line with her where she ends up? she ends up giving up the job opportunity because she thinks she has an opportunity to work with him did how do you think they managed all that yeah um it was a little messy but also very realistic um because i admittedly i have done that i have accepted a job thinking i was going to have it and Mm -hmm. it completely went away within it like two days I was like, well, I also turned down this other opportunity because I thought I was going to work with you guys. So I absolutely understand that. Um, And that's the thing with Hollywood or just like working in general. Like you you have to have a lot of, you know, you're juggling a lot of plates. And so I understood that. I wish she would have um, discussed it a little bit more Mm -hmm. with him. Like as a person in the industry, it's like, what are all the details that like, if I agree to work with you, who do I have to talk to? Where am I going? When does it start? You know, there are so many details, you know, before taking on a project like that. And she didn't do that. But I, I think got to chalk that up to her greenness of working in films because mm-hmm. she's never done it before. So that was very realistic that she wouldn't know to think of those things. Yeah. Um, but I love, again, going back to her going over the portfolio and everyone's telling her is like, no, you're you're so much better than you think you are. And then she finally got that spark within her again. Like, yeah, let me just put myself back out there. Let me mm-hmm. try. And her applying showed us that moment that she's like, she's ready to try again. And I liked that just to get it kind of deflated a little bit. Um, there, there were a lot of realistic moments, but I think, I don't what? know, maybe it's just, it's that experience. It's like, if you're agreeing to something, you would ask more details yeah. to it. I think that's true, but it made for a really nice finale of him saying how sorry he was and everything like that. And uh, but yeah, in reality, like, you definitely would have a contract and other things mm-hmm. that that that, uh, that and you know sometimes those can even go up in, in flames. But you would have more before you would give up an opportunity. I think you'd probably say, "Can I get?" Can I get back to you or have a weekend or something like that? But right. nevertheless, it 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 provided you need some conflict for these stories. And so it provided some conflict. And again, she's so good at those like sincere, I'm just about to cry. I'm trying to hold it in. Like she nails that scene. So if anybody's working with Kimberly Sasha, you want as many of those scenes as you can have <laughs> because she is so good at it, I think. Yeah, make you feel like, oh, yep, girl, I'm, I just want to hug you because I've been there. Yes. I know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. Yeah. So then they go back to the premiere and they're saying one of the questions, is, were there any on set romances? And that's when they uh, they have their little date where he gets her pizza from New York and uh, 
then they're, you know, they have like a pretty good conversation and this is all on the set. And mm-hmm. then they dance and have a pretty, pretty uh, swoon-worthy kiss, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that because you always wonder. And like sometimes you do hear about the behind-the-scenes romance <laughs> drama of, of films. Like I can name one in particular very recently, but I don't want to date us right now. <laughs> but uh, yes, and I like that because that's also very realistic because, you know, feelings do bubble up on, on set. And uh, that the whole eating uh, on the actual set, that's realistic, too. If there's a table mm-hmm. and, and the scene's not hot, yeah, sometimes you can just sit down and eat. But, I mean, it depends on the production designer yeah. as well. But I, I did like it because they finally, you know, once the cameras weren't rolling, they were, they got to be themselves. And yeah. you can slowly see the chemistry, like, um, between these two. It's like, yeah, I believe it. The, these two could be a thing. Yeah. Well, and we find out that he had given up being a part of this indie darling kind of, it sounded like it was almost sort of like Coda or a movie like that, you know, that that's an indie and then it blows up and becomes this big thing is yeah. uh, so he'd given up sunrise highway. Uh, and she's like, you were going to, you could have been in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he has this new chance to be in this edgy thriller called Ryan's game. <laughs> yeah i was like is that like jack ryan or yeah. <laughs> and i was like all right i see you the the sounds like it could go on like amazon prime or something yeah. <laughs> really uh, yeah uh i like that because you immediately knew what kind of genre that was for like i loved how they established that brad his whole career is like hallmark movies you know he's the leading hallmark hunky man and then to him to do a complete departure uh uh you know, that is a big risk when actors get so, you know, not, I don't want to say stuck, but uh, they get so used to the the type of movies that they are and to do something completely different that changes their career. Yeah, that's big stuff. That's a big change. That's a big change to their image. And how do people see them? Mm-hmm. And that that realistic moment or like, is he ruining his career? And then that showed his self-doubt and his, you know, that shook his confidence a bit. So not everyone gets that. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller Carry from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Yeah, because there's the article saying uh, it's, uh, is he, is Brad Baxter giving up his nice guy uh, routine? That's what makes him scared. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, and then he uh, invites her to go to, once he accepts the role, uh they well first they have the whole fake snow scene like you mentioned which was really fun very charming (laughs) that was cute (laughs) 
Well, they did get to make snow angels. Yes, they got to make snow angels. <laughs> and so then he uh, agrees uh, to to do the movie. And uh, she tells him that uh, the, she talks about her father passing away and uh, that you can't live with regrets that uh that uh and so then that that helps them with the uh with one of the scenes in the movie i talk about regret and that kind of makes him think and so he decides to take the role at first and then like you said there's that uh there's that tabloid article and so then he gets mm-hmm. nervous yeah. yeah i did like how they reflected that in the acting because sometimes you know actors to sometimes when they're acting they just can't hit that emotional beat that they need to or like they can't get to that level um mm-hmm. what they need to to get that performance out of them and then sometimes it just takes that one story or that one moment in their life they're like okay yes this is what is going to help me get to that that moment that i need to portray on screen yeah um also very realistic when it comes to acting i like that too yeah and he says it never crossed my mind how quitting in the movie that uh, would affect anyone else and so i mean and i could kind of understand that like he didn't know that she was that she was turning down this this big thing she he he didn't know that so but uh also you know i think you just get sometimes caught up in the moment and you make mistakes yeah and again it, it shows that yes she's so new into his life that he's he's at that point in his life he's not thinking about her yet he's still mm-hmm. thinking about himself and his career yeah. that's all he's known um and that is the thing with production too because you see a lot of actors you know leading actors who are still doing television and you're still or or movies and you're wondering why are you still doing this after all these years and then we see interviews they're like well this is my job this is other people's jobs too this is how they bring yeah um you know the food to the table at their home so it's not just like the matter the simple decision of me quitting it's like it's affecting everyone else but because yeah, that's this true wasn't in production yet he wasn't thinking of how many people it, it could affect yeah that's true i mean when you think of something like heartland for instance to show that's now on season 16 like I, mm-hmm. it, it would be easy for for amber marshall to just i'm tired of this i'm bored of it i don't want to do it anymore but literally there's like hundreds of people that would be out of jobs if she decided to do that and maybe someday she will <laughs> she's perfectly happy doing it but yeah. uh, i'm just it's more than just about her it's literally like everybody hundreds of people yeah yeah, yeah and, you, and it's not just heartland it's so many movies so many television shows as you still going you know stuff like that it's yeah. it's when people get so again not stuck but it's like that is their main job now Mm-hmm. so it, it affects a lot of people yeah so then i think she's talking to her mom i think when she says in the movie version i get the guy and the gig and mm-hmm. uh, and then he told me i was born to work in the movies and i and then she says i thought maybe he was right and that i'd found something i was good at somewhere i belong and i think that is one interesting thing about working in the arts in my experience is that you kind of sometimes stumble upon things. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know that I had that in me or had that there. Or, like for me, I definitely, I I feel like I kind of stumbled upon doing interviews 
and Mm -hmm. that wasn't something that I thought that I was good at or, uh, that I, 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 I don't know. I just, but it was like the opportunity presented itself. And so I went for it and I've had a, co- a number of people tell me like, you're, you're a really good interviewer. You're, you're good at, uh, helping people feel comfortable. And, and I don't know. So that's just been one of those things that's like, Oh, I didn't even know that I had that in me. And it seems like people are enjoying it. So I guess I, maybe I do. And so I can understand her feelings with this, that like, I, I found this thing that I thought that maybe I was good at and I didn't even know. And then now it's been just taken away from me so soon. Right. And like, first of all, good for you, you know, and like, and and I completely get that because that's her self-confidence was taken away from her so early in her career that she didn't think about other avenues that she could use her fashion for. Like, like movie making like production it was like me i i completely understand too because my career is for film but somehow i got into podcasting Mm -hmm. um and a lot of the foundations and principles are the same but like there are so many avenues that you can think of if you just open your eyes a little bit and be open to different creative opportunities that can still lead you to something Mm -hmm. um yeah and I, i i love that and and sometimes it takes someone else to open their eyes be like you could do this too just believe in yourself because I can see you doing film even though that wasn't your first you know thing that you're thinking of Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and as a freelance uh uh, freelance whatever you're doing whether it's acting or uh, in my case you know podcasting film critic uh you kind of have to always just be ready for the next gig the next opportunity because as soon as you get comfortable, then things change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, like I work so hard to get like a particular sponsor or a particular thing. And I'm like, oh, it's done. And then it changes. Something then you happened. just have to keep going forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's that quote? Comfort comfort is the enemy of progress. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing is as sure in life as change. And that's definitely yep. true for a freelancer. But uh, they end up finishing the movie and you see that Jill and Caleb, they made the best movie yet. And now they've made up and uh, they've apologized to each other. Everybody. Yeah. And they should have apologized to Jamie. Yeah. They a should give bit. that she... woman like a Caribbean cruise or something. Or well, more than that, just like give her a better, you know, better position, make her a producer yeah. or something. Goodness. What's she dealt uh, with? Because there's uh, some poor PAs. I, I feel that I've been there. <laughs> I've had doors slammed on my face and stuff because you get in, in the middle of people. I I, <laughs> uh, I do. I felt for her so much. I was like, oh, girl, I want to give you a hug and a coffee and a promotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. some people do for real they they have earned it <laughs> <laughs> and so then we have the announcement of my favorite santa 2 starring mariah as the first female santa claus and i mean so i guess it's not mrs claus this is just like regular santa claus mm-hmm. <laughs> and i would totally and, watch it leading yeah, oh, ladies yeah. i'm sure. there <laughs> I'm uh, I'm there, uh, and it, we find out that he did do Ryan's game. So you're like, ooh, what happened? Because Caleb offers for uh for Carrie to come to L.A. and work mm-hmm. there. I mean, the only thing that doesn't really jive with that is they actually don't really make very many Christmas movies in L.A. Uh, they make 
almost all of them in Vancouver, Vancouver or Toronto <laughs> yep, <laughs> or Utah, a few in Utah, not very many. I mean, cause it's really warm in, in yeah. California. It's kind of, it's kind of warm out here. It's kind of sunny and kind of yeah. doesn't look like winter, but so, I do understand the opportunity of, cause sometimes that's all it takes. It takes that one production or that one connection be yeah. like, yeah, you stick with me and we'll go far. Like we will keep consistently making stuff and and they seem to genuine like no we really like you we're gonna and that's the thing about production and it's like you find your loyal people that you're working with and you will keep working so the opportunity to go out to LA and keep working with the same people yeah that's very realistic Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and then we get the whole after party scene so they've had this premiere we get the after party scene. She's killing it in LA, doing an amazing job, working on my favorite Santa too. And uh, he comes up to her and he's just like, I'm so sorry for everything. And I'm just so glad you're doing well. And, and so then he's walking away and then she, she says, oh, I'm going to go home. Turns around the, he's right there. And he's like, I left you <laughs> once before and I'm not leaving you not again. Leaving <laughs> that felt a little parent trap to me, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. It was great. And yeah, and I loved it, like the immediacy. It was like, no, 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 you're in the exact same room that I need you to be. I'm gonna, I have to say all this right now because yeah. the the credits are gonna be rolling in two minutes. So I gotta <laughs> say my apology now. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So then they have the kiss, and they're all like, everyone's looking at us, you know. And it was super fun. And the, they go outside, and they have another kiss outside, and then she winks at the camera. Yep. What do you think that that was saying? What do you think she was saying there with that wink? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure she was saying anything, but if you just think about the overall message of what her character says, like in the end, I get the guy and the gig. Yes. And then like <laughs> she did at the end. And then uh, I loved how his signature move is now became hers. Yes. And although it didn't feel, it did feel out of character because then that actually took me out of the movie. Like, cause I wasn't expecting that. Although I should have, cause we saw him wink twice and then we should have known that she was going to wink. So they got me. Yeah, it was fun. So overall, I think this was a very enjoyable movie. It's one I could imagine watching a bunch of times and just laughing and, and uh, having a good time with it. Uh, so what would you give this movie one to five uh, crowns? Uh, yeah, I would say it's solid four. Solid, yeah, solid four because I love just the filmmaking. Um, I loved, I eventually had to love Brad because um, yeah. he, he had room to grow on me. <laughs> uh, but he, he eventually got there. I mean, Kimberly's a sus dad. I'd give her 10 stars every single so time. Good. She's just fantastic. No matter whatever movie she's in, I'm there. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to mm-hmm. love her. Uh, so, Overall, I enjoyed it. I think I would still have to put Christmas in Homestead above this one. You know, the movie about oh, yeah. film filmmaking about that. That's seriously still one of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have to put that one above this one. But I thoroughly did enjoy this one. I mean, I maybe I should rewatch that one. I I remember enjoying it. That one's not quite as laugh out loud funny. It's not as outright a satire. But it is a really strong one. I enjoy that yeah. one very much. I think I think that movie had a good balance of making a film, but also enjoying just the spirit of the town. 
Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. uh, and then the, the relationship blossoming slowly throughout. Mm-hmm. But because it wasn't mm-hmm. just all about the movie, it was them yeah. respecting the town and yeah. and the people in it. So I I love yeah. that movie. I watch it every year. That's one. That's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna actually be pretty generous on this. I'm going to give it a four point five zero. I out of five, I really enjoyed it. I think they could have maybe even leaned into the comedy even more. Like I was saying, like you could have had them all uh, in it had been in filming in summer and some of the stuff like that. But uh, but I still laughed uh, quite a bit, and I loved the casting, and I loved Jill and Caleb. They were hilarious to me, and uh, and Jamie, that was really funny. Uh, so and Laura Solstice was great. I so it just had a lot of elements that I really enjoyed. So uh, that's what I will give it. But let us know if you're listening what you would give this movie, what you think of it. And like I said, we have the interview with John Brotherson. We have the interview with Gary Goldstein, the writer. So definitely want to check out all of those. And uh, Marissa, where can people follow you? Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please, 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 please leave us your ratings and reviews. It helps people find the podcast and it really helps us a lot. And uh, also check out the patron group. That's the biggest way you can help us. And we have lots of cool perks for, for supporting us on the Patreon. And we also have the merch store, which has tons of fun designs for the holidays. So please take a look at that. And thanks again, Marissa. This was super fun. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye. Merry Bye. Christmas.